Welcome back to the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast with your host, John Fedro. Tune in weekly, plus listen to past episodes designed to make you money, save you time, and give you confidence as an active mobile home investor. Now, here's your host, John Fedro. All right, thank you for tuning back in to the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast. This is episode number 24. I'm happy to introduce uh, Frank on the microphone today. Frank, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you. I'm very yes, glad that you are here. We we are recording this time. We <laughs> we did this previously. <laughs> and I mean, it was completely my fault that we weren't recording. Uh, so, Frank, thank you seriously for being here. You're taking time out of the day. Um, and this is even the second time that we're doing this recording, so you're taking even more time out of the day to share with us um, a topic that's really uh, like – the, the folks that are listening, you know, if you're going to be a mobile home investor, if you've uh, sold any properties with payments, um, even sold them to buyers for cash even or on renting, um, we turn a lot of our tenant buyers or even renters or some buyers, cash buyers of our mobile homes into future handyman. I love doing that because we're dealing with people that we know and we like and we trust and we vetted and they're living in our properties and they pay us every month. Plus, they can help us do repairs. You know, we... Again, we like them, we trust them, we've uh, vetted them uh, more so than kind of fly-by-night type of uh, handyman or contractors that are just looking to take advantage. So we're going to talk about that, um, and more specifically, we're going to see how this kind of relates to you, Frank, and, and uh, with a, a, a deal in particular. So, But before that, if you would, please um, kind of tell uh, the folks listening, um, you're not a full-time mobile home investor yet, so tell us uh, sort of what you do um, you know, when you're not mobile home investing, and then also um, what got you into mobile home investing versus the you know, hundred other ways to create value with uh, real estate. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, outside of mobile home investing, um, I am a musician, and I um, also invest in the foreign exchange trading currency. Um, so that's what I do outside of that. Um, in regards to music, I, I mean, I am involved in the industry in, in a multiple uh, in multiple different ways. Um, but I've always kind of had like an entrepreneurial spirit and, and have had my hands in a few different things, have had some success. I've had a, a, a whole lot more failures for sure. Um, but, you know, definitely, um, excited about, um, everything that I'm doing. Um, how I got into mobile home investing was, um, like I said, I started out at a very young age, um, being mentored and being guided by, entrepreneurs and people who were involved in real estate. Um, and so just growing up and, and watching them and seeing what they were doing, not really understanding what they were doing or not really knowing, you know, what degree of success they were having. I just knew I saw potential there to, you know, to do some, to do some great things for myself and for my family. And so um, it was something that I wanted to do. So I, uh, when I, I want to say about six or seven years ago, I ended up going to um, a seminar that was for a course um, teaching about real estate. And one of the things that they mentioned that caught my attention was mobile home investing. And they were talking about investing in the homes. They were also talking about um, even investing in parks. And so what made me excited about it was I was young. I was like 19, 20, 21, somewhere in that, in that range. And um, it was a way that you could get, get your 
about real estate and being with a lot less upfront risk and be able to create cash flow um, that would either equal or surpass that of traditional real estate. So that, that really excited me. Um, and the cool part about it was the people that were doing it, um, that were, you know, that were talking about it at the course, they started doing mobile home investing after doing years and years and years of traditional real estate investing and they haven't turned back. You know, they, I mean, they do, they might do deals here from here and there, but mobile home investing is their, is their main thing. Um, the reason why I didn't go with that particular course, because again, I was, I was young, I was broke <laughs> and, and um, the course at, it was like $11,000. And I just, mm. I just did not have the money at the time. Um, but you know, because of that, lost some interest, you know, got a little discouraged, but, you know, got back on the horse, found interest again, um, and was just going through through YouTube, found you, and from there, I mean, that was that was all she wrote, and, and uh, I've, been, I've been excited ever since. Right on. Have you, uh, did you ever uh, do any, even a, like, wholesale deal or anything like that with a... Uh single family home prior to mobile home investing to no nothing absolutely no experience just outside of um i mean which which not really doesn't have anything to do with investing but i took a a course um to get a real estate license um finished the course but really and, and was grateful for the information i learned a lot from it but i learned after taking the course that that really wasn't the route that i wanted nothing wrong with it um for those who want to do that but it just wasn't it wasn't a thing for me. I definitely wanted to be more on the investing side, but before before this, I have I've, I had no experience uh, whatsoever. Okay, understood. Um, and that's I mean that, I think that's so cool. Like some folks that get started mobile home investing have no experience, and they're you know 18 years old, and other folks are the opposite. You know, much experience and looking to some looking to add sort of a new you know bullet to the belt, or want to just change in real estate, or you know they've been in a rut i just think it's cool that you're you know it, it's more of the person and the ambition they have and the motivation they have and the dedication they have and you know to, to do the correct daily things um a couple things that you said um and i guess maybe i'll work backwards um just to kind of add on to the you know few things that you mentioned being a realtor i don't think there's anything bad with that you're going to rub shoulders with other realtors. You're going to learn more about state laws. You have access to the multiple listing service, the MLS. If you are talking to a seller, though, uh, many mobile home sellers, if you give them your card and it says realtor, or if you leave the card with a, a mobile home seller, their natural instinct is going to be, oh, this person wants to list my home. And many sellers don't want to be approached if they know that they don't want the help of a realtor. So if you are a realtor investing in mobile homes, make sure to say almost immediately you know i am a realtor however you're not talking to anyone that wants to help you list it you know i want to we're, we're interested in buying it and i would say we sure. instead of i but you know that that shows that you're an authority you're obviously licensed with the states you know what you're talking about um and it shows that you're not there to help them list but you want to actually uh buy their home if you can and if not you can always fall back and potentially you know list the property to, to, depending on the state um you mentioned that there was a course for $11,000. Is that, is that right? Yes. Uh -huh. This is sort of a pet peeve of mine, so I, I definitely will mention it right now. Um, any, 
I don't know, and maybe there's this isn't correct, but you know, this is just one person opinion, and one one person's opinion. I've paid four and five thousand dollars for different courses, and it does not. There's no correlation necessarily between the amount of money you pay and the results you get, or the amount of fluff or real content that's there. You can pay a lot of money by somebody that has a good marketing system or something, and they got you to you know spend this money for some reason, and it's. So anything, I mean, eleven grand, like that, can buy two or three mobile homes, or at least one right. nice one, and right. or two nice ones. So, but it's it's just the the people like the old school investors been doing this fifteen, ten years, uh, twenty, thirty years. They're happy to kind of take people under their wing. They're happy to talk, and they also have some like. Uh, Weekend courses, I'm thinking of a few people in particular that – and it's like two or 300 bucks to go, and it's just a wealth of information. The people that are charging 5000 10000 for um, courses are I, – I, they're, they're making so much money on their, ed, you know, quote-unquote education. Um, and I, so anyway, that's just my soapbox I've been taken advantage of before. <laughs> Every time I've paid more than – Two grand, three, well, I know I haven't. It's the courses I've taken were like fifteen hundred or so, and then it jumped up to like five grand. And every time it was five grand, it was never worth it. At least for me, maybe for a new person it would have been. But so much fluff, and uh, I even asked for my money back one time, and the guy was such a smooth talker, and I was pretty naive that he actually talked me into investing more money with him uh, for a total of fourteen thousand, and we did a deal together, and I ended up losing some. It was just. Just in hindsight, like as a as a newer person in this business, you think that you know people that are teaching. It's like, oh, the amount of money I pay must equal the education, and that is not right. that's not reality, unfortunately. So anyway, I'll get Absolutely. off my soapbox, but I hope that people listening that made sense. So with all that said, Frank, let's um, kind of shift gears, and I would love to talk about uh, the deal um, with regards to. Uh, the one where you had the, the kind of the two issues, you had the one buyer, then they backed out. So the deal, the, the first deal, um, I found it just kind of going about normal normal business, going out and meeting uh, new park managers, uh, meeting new sellers. And I happened to be in, at the time, um, what was a, um, a new area for me that I had, I had not gone to before. It was a new park. Um, that I had not gone to before. So I went in, introduced myself to the park manager, just kind of gave him a little bit um, of information about what it is that I was looking to do. And um, instantly, you know, I, I asked him, you know, if he, if he had anything available that was for sale or whatever to let me know. And um, he did. He did. He ended up having um, like a, a home that they had taken back um, through an eviction. And so he took me by to look at it. It was um, more of a handyman special. It was pretty. It was pretty beat up on the inside, um, which was which was really funny because I'm sure that is what scared a lot of people off from it. Um, there was spray paint all over the wall. There were soft spots on the floor. There was food that was pulled out of the refrigerator that was rotting on the inside, and the electricity was off, and it was just. It was just a big, a big, 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 big mess. There were leaks. There was just a, a little bit of mold, um, but it wasn't enough to. I mean, it was it was obviously an ideal situation for an investor. So I mean, we we I was able to get in, and we were we were able to get in and and get it for a really really low price. Um, at least what I thought. Look, in hindsight, I, I realize now I probably could have got it for a lot less. <laughs> but um, I was excited, you know. Um, 
got it for $3,500 and, um, yeah, did, did some work to it. Can you, um, I want to say how many, uh, beds and bath in the, the, uh, year or approximate year? Uh, it's a 1999, uh, yeah, I think it's a 99, and there was three bedrooms, two bathrooms. Double wide? And single wide, and, but it was a really long single wide, so it was like a bigger a bigger single wide than, than, than normal. Yeah, it really is. I remember, you know, going through it and uh, with you, and I remember in my mind it being a double wide, so yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty big. Um but no, I, I believe that it's a single wide for sure. Um, yeah, please. Okay, so you, so thirty five hundred bucks. Did you buy this from uh, the park itself, or was the owner yeah. occupant? Okay. Do you know the situation of did the uh, person inside get evicted? Were they just they abandoned the home or any? Um, I don't I don't know too much of the backstory, but from what I remember, uh, talking to the park manager, he was just he basically said that. They got it back from an eviction. I don't know if they completely abandoned the home, but apparently they were, I think, flea market people. So they just had a whole bunch of junk all throughout the house. Like it was, it was funny. There was like a, um, like there was stuff all over the floor, um, and there was stuff like that. There was a there's a big jacuzzi tub in the in the home, and there was the the jacuzzi tub was filled with stuff. The rooms were filled with stuff. The bathrooms were, were filled with stuff, and you know it, it was funny. I, I I have a I have a younger brother, and I let him go in, and, and he has a little he has a little business for opera. He collected a bunch of stuff that he thought was valuable, and this was actually able to sell some of the stuff. But it was just it was so full of junk and 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 rotting food, and it smelled bad. There was spray paint on the walls. You could tell people um, had been hanging out in there. It was a window broken. It was just full of full of stuff so i don't know the the full backstory but however it was um i think the people were living like that and um they were they they just they couldn't you know they couldn't keep up with the payment so they were they were out of there yeah and when they get if when they get evicted like that they don't i mean they can't uh i mean i don't know what the situation was prior to them getting evicted did they try to sell did they try to get anything uh you know a hundred bucks a thousand bucks it's just it's I haven't been in that situation, so I can't speak firsthandly. You know what they're what they're going through, but right. you know it just uh, it's crazy that you know obviously they got nothing for the home. I mean they they just left, and granted they owed money to the park as well because they were evicted. But it just you know right. there's these people that owned that home. It was like a legit home, and right now it's beautiful, um, and they just like walked away from it. So um, I mean right. it's kind of like what's a home worth? What's a property worth? Well, what somebody will pay for it. Um, and that, you know, these people didn't think, I guess it was worth anything or any, well, who knows their situation, but, um, okay. So when you got the home, it sounded like it's a, it's a, it's a smelly place. It's spacious. It's got a lot of potential. The bedrooms are good sizes, soft spots around the floors. Um, what did you fix in the home and, or I don't want to rush the story as well. So you closed on it and everything went good. How long, uh, were you in there before you kind of, yeah. What, what repairs did you do? How long did they take? And uh, that's yeah, my kind of curious question. I think. So um, that was a that was another big learning experience. Um, going in, my eye was definitely not as trained. I didn't know because um, obviously this deal was you know very early on. I, I didn't I didn't know a whole lot about what to look for. Um, I mean, 
textbook-wise, sure, but actually getting in there and, and looking and seeing what needed to be done because um, I, don't, I don't have any experience with, like, construction or anything like that. So um, I went in, and I noticed, you know, just from learning from you to look for the soft spots in the floors, look for, you know, moisture in different places, mold. So I looked for those things. I saw that. Um, so there were a couple soft spots that needed to be fixed. Um, there was carpet all throughout the home. It was actually pretty weird. There was carpet in the bathroom as well. I had never seen that before. Um, but there was carpet in the bathroom. We pulled all the carpet out of there. Um, we fixed the soft spots. We got the, um, at the time, what I what I thought were all of the leaks fixed in the home. The AC needed, um, had central, it had central air and heat. It, the AC just needed some, some maintenance done to it. Um, Fix the window, floor, AC, and um, there were some just cosmetic issues that needed to be taken care of um, for the for the parks requirements. Um, on on the outside. That was, yes. For the park. Um, with the with the sta- the staircase was was um, and had some rotting wood and the rails were pretty rusted. So we just basically kind of. Re, rebuilt the stairs um, with some of the leftover wood and, and um, kind of fixed the railing. And then we, we fixed the skirting on the outside. Um, yeah, and that was, that, was, that was pretty much it for, for that part. How did, and you, on the inside. How did you find uh, the, the, the people that you used? How, how, how many handy people was it? And then how did you find those people? Or did you do all the work yourself? No, I um I found uh, and I would highly recommend anybody find a reliable handyman and not not do the work <laughs> yourself. <laughs> um, but um, I found the handyman actually by a um, referral from another another investor in the area, and um, he recommended the guy to me. And yeah, that was that's that's how I found him. That's right. Yeah, I remember that one. Having references is, a, I mean, whether it's from another mobile home investor, whether it's from a um, mobile home park owner or park manager, that would be who I'd want to take my references from. Not so much a regular home investor, because people that deal with regular homes, yes, they're going to know probably how to fix mobile home stuff or they can figure it out, but they're not going to charge the same. They're going to charge more. They're going to be used to you know, really fixing things up, using good material. And we want to use good materials, but if we can repurpose things, if we can keep costs down, if we can fix it correctly and save money and time doing so, um, that's who we'd like. And let me ask you, did that uh, handyman work out well? He, I mean, for the for for the most part, yeah, he was he he did a decent job. I probably um, would would look for a different a different person next time. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't it's not, he didn't do a he didn't do a bad job. Um, I just I don't he, it wasn't it was one of those things where I definitely learned you have to be assertive with the handyman um, and really take charge. Um, in, in the leadership role in, in doing a deal because it, it is your deal, it's your business, you are the boss, um, and you, you, you just can't, you can't, even, even just from all aspects of it, you can't let people walk over you. And you, I, I learned a lot, you know, he, he sort of kind of he dragged his feet a little bit on a couple things and made some excuses on a, on a couple things. And me just being naive and not knowing any better and not really understanding 
what you know what something took to get to get done, um, like in terms of of time um, and effort. You know, just just not knowing. I I believe them, but then you know, hindsight, looking at certain things and seeing what what was done and and what it what it takes to get certain things done, I realized that I could have had a lot less less work done. Um, I could have saved a lot um, of money on materials um, just because this this guy he he um, he, he did he did a decent job um, but I definitely I believe I could have saved a lot more money on, on materials and I know now too um, that I could have also saved the money on the labor um, because he was bringing in a couple of guys that were working with him and yeah, I just I would prefer to have the one person doing the work, um, and but somebody that's reliable and can get it done in a, in a short period of time. Agreed. Uh, a mentor of mine a long time ago told me, you know, one person can dip, kip, can typically get more work done than two, because you start talking and chit chatting and having lunch and smoking a cigarette and. Uh, so yeah, I just have one person there if at all possible. Let me ask you: Did uh, was there a scope of work, uh, an agreement signed with this handyman to keep him on track? Yes, and, yeah. there was. Um, but by but just by you know, and this was a learning experience. I didn't really, I didn't present it to him in the best of ways. Like I showed him, um, you know, what I wanted to have done. But as as he started doing work, he was just saying, "Oh well." Um, I needed. I well, we we should do this as well. I found this problem. I found that problem, and it just it got it got overwhelming for me just with my lack of education. And I ended up letting a lot of stuff slide that I shouldn't have let slide. I definitely would recommend anybody who um, is working with a handyman have some type of clause in there that you know, states, well, if you, if you don't have the work done by a certain time or it's not done in a certain way where you actually start to charge them <laughs> because it, it, you know, it'll give them a, a little more, a little more of an incentive to make sure that it's done and it's done in the way that you want it done. Um, and I just, I didn't, um, I wasn't assertive with that on that particular deal. And um, I learned, I learned better moving forward from that for sure. So, in in regards to how much I was into it for the for the repair cost, I ended up going in for another I wanna say about forty three, forty five hundred bucks. Um, so and which looking back was way too much. <laughs> um, I definitely feel like um for this particular deal I probably could have spent less at the most $2,000 for the repairs or less, um, probably not even that, maybe a thousand or less. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not particularly just, just off of, just off of memory. Um, but I know I could have spent a whole lot less just, just because I learned, you know, you, you start to learn what, um, what repairs you do need and don't need to do. You start to see how, so many people who are coming in to, to purchase the home from you, how they are so happy and so excited to be able to find something that they can actually do the work just for the on just so so they can have the opportunity to own their own home, and they would just gladly do the work and 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 the uh, you know another thing um, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about here in a second is 
um, you know, having handy tenants um, moving forward. I, I mean, I, I prefer, I would prefer to, to put the money in, in the hands of people where I know where they live and that, <laughs> that are paying me, you know, that it, it and, and they have a, they already have a respect for me and they want to be pleasing, you know, to, to, to kind of follow along our guidelines just because, you know, they're, they're, they're living in, in a home um, that, that, that they're, they're buying from us. So they want to keep, they, they value our relationship and they, and they value, you know, they, they value being able to, to be helped. So, or, or to help rather. Um, but, no, no, I, I definitely moving forward would, would prefer that. But um, so the there's a there's there were two buyers, <laughs> and this is actually part of how I learned the lesson about what you what you can get away with not doing. Um, so initially, we had a buyer um, that was a, it was a younger couple that moved down from New York. I think they had a couple kids. And um, they put down two thousand dollars. They put down two thousand dollars, and they were going to pay, um, uh, I think seven seven. The the agreement was seven eighty nine a month. So with the with the lot rent, um, the, the basically the cash flow every month would be would be four hundred dollars a month um, the, towards the home for sixty months. So um it total would put them at about twenty four thousand dollars for the for the home so they got in there on the day of closing they got the electricity turned on and i again i'm not a i'm not a an expert on this matter i'm i'm not into construction um somehow a pipe burst under the home and it started water just to shoot out everywhere from from the water heater and um in the in the master bedroom and so there was just water getting everywhere and and um we finally figured I got my handyman over there after the water was shooting out for at least 30 minutes or so or maybe even more and there was just water everywhere so so he came in he he, he shut it off and it was interesting because the buyer the original buyer he claimed to be handy, but I later found that not to be true because he didn't know how to do anything when that when that situation arose. So he so anyway the the water was everywhere and at, I mean there was no way they could stay there because we couldn't we couldn't have the water on until until the issue got fixed and the handyman wasn't able to get in there and fix anything until the next day. So <clears throat> long story short they ended up having to leave and they just it it became it became a a real issue with the way they were they weren't as humble or as friendly of buyers as they first seemed to be Mm -hmm. and we definitely want you know in building these uh, or keeping these relationships with people that you're going to be dealing with for years at a time as they're paying off these homes you want to have people that are going to be respectful to you, respectful to your property, respectful, you know, to the whole situation. You don't want to, just don't want to deal with 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 bad people. And and the the thing was, they kind of just barely made the mark anyway in terms of our qualifications for who we allow into our homes. So it just it ended up working out for the better. Um, but 
long story short, by um, by way of having you know to fix the the pipes on the floor, and um, we actually had to pull up some of the flooring. So basically, the floor the floor was exposed because we had to let the we had to let the wood under um, what we used for the flooring dry because obviously moisture and mobile homes do not mix whatsoever. <laughs> so. Right. That was that back um, bedroom where the hot water heater was, and that had that uh, nice, beautiful. Uh, I don't know if it was recently installed, but that yeah, that 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 fake uh, faux wood flooring, the slats, uh-huh. and yeah, the water just got under there. I think it was starting to like make them buckle a little bit. You had to just pull those up, and then um, you had the like plywood that was exposed. Um, now, did that end up warping or anything like that, or how did you how did you manage to get that dried out? No, luckily, you know, fortunately enough, we got it up in time, and we just kind of let it air dry. Um, but put, um, we didn't. I, I don't know if the, if the if the handyman let a couple fans blow on it for a little bit too. I, yeah. I don't remember, but um, I just know we got the we got the we got it up. We let it we let it dry. We caught it in time where it didn't create any any more soft spots. And um, so he got in there, he fixed that, and so from there. We really sold. We were already um, calling it a handyman special, mm-hmm. um, just because there were some minor cosmetic things that needed to be done. But um, it was really a handyman special at, at that point, just because you know they had to they had to do stuff with the floor, um, um, the air conditioning needed needed to be maintenance, like like I said, and um, we just kind of left that to them. But long story short, we ended up reselling it for the exact same terms the exact same terms with more work needing to be done to it. So right then when that happened, the light bulb went off and it was just instant. People will take a home that they can do work to for the opportunity. We really bring value to them with the opportunity to own a home that they normally wouldn't be able to own just because they couldn't. You know, we offer them an opportunity to make payments. And so that is just so valuable to people. Um, who are very good people who are just not necessarily in a position to go and, and get, you know, certain financing. And, you, you know what I mean? I, and I, and that, it made me excited for a couple of reasons. It made me excited because I was learning. It made me excited be, because <clears throat> I got the opportunity to see um, how to how to do a deal more efficiently. And it also gave me really good insight on how we really and truly are helping people at the end of the day. So that was that was very, very exciting to me. So we got some tenants in there, um, and the guy was, like I said, it was on the same terms, but he was a true handyman. I mean, that's what he does for, for a day job. He works in, in construction. And um, he got in there, and it took him a couple of days, and he fixed, the, he fixed everything that needed to be done, and he got his family, he got his family in there, and they've been happy ever since. I haven't had any problems out of them. They always pay on time, if if not early. They they um I don't have any issues from the the management at the park about about them. Um, there was actually one issue where there was a leak that I guess we didn't catch when they got in there that was in in the roof. That's right. And the only the only thing that he did was he called me. And he told me about it. He sent me pictures, and he just instantly got to work on it. And it was just, I was, I was just so impressed. And and um, you know, I did for for the future. Um, 
you know, moving forward, I definitely, he's one of the, one of the main people that I would talk to in regards to um, use, utilizing for handyman uh, moving forward. But he, I mean, I was just really impressed and it, it just gave me a lot of good insight on how to qualify people to, to move into the home. And, you know, moving forward, I, I would only want tenants who are handy um, because there's less liability on, on mm-hmm. the investor and it's just, I mean, it just, it's less of a headache and yeah, I'm, I'm needless to say, long story short, I'm, I'm excited and, um, you know, it felt good to, to have them in there as opposed to the first, the first family. It really worked out in high, in hindsight to not have the first group move in, get their stuff inside, you know, sign, you know, sign up for the mail, sign up for the school, like, and then decide, you know what? this is not what we expected or, you know, we don't want to pay or we're entitled to more. So it's just so good that they did get out so quickly and you gave them back their 2000 or yes. pro rate. Okay. Going. And then be, to be fair to, to, to those folks, I don't think that these are bad people. The ones from New York that moved, that moved down. It's just that they, you know, it wasn't the right time for them. They, they haven't been, right. um, like me, I know in the past, like I would have been a terrible renter or if I would have rent to own anything, it would have been terrible because I wasn't living right. in a home for longer than a few years. I had these, you know, BS jobs before real estate that, you know, were barely making any money. So it's like, you know, it just, it, it wasn't their fault. It was definitely our fault for putting them into the home. Again, they were just kind right. of, they were kind of skinny. Uh, they just barely passed our, our background anyway. And then it's like, well, do you want to wait a little bit longer or do we roll the dice and have risky people in? And I've said it a bunch of times and I'll say it again. I'd rather have a place empty than a sketchy type of tenant buyer inside the home. Uh, right. And you do have a good person now who stepped up, who's willing to pay, who sees the benefit when we sit down with our tenant buyers. I mean, even before you sit down to go to you know closing with them, you're, you're kind of nonchalantly finding out you know, obviously, what do you do for work? Um, are you handy at all? You know, do you see these repairs? Or are they within your scope of work? Well, what else can you do with a mobile home? And some people will say, well, I can build a mobile home from the ground, from the ground up. Or, well, it's I can, you know, I can clean it. Like at, at the very minimum, I can remove some junk and I can spray the windows and I can vacuum it. And then everything in between. I can do wood stuff. I don't do plumbing. I don't do electrical or I do this. I don't do that. And you know, you know, people's kind of their hours or how busy they are. And I know you said this before, Frank, I would rather keep the money in house. You know, like if you're going to pay somebody, pay your tenant buyer because you know it's going to come right back, right back to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say this is sort of something that I, I didn't realize until doing this for a while. When you're, when you have your tenant buyer and let's say you use them for, you know, you have property A where tenant buyer your tenant buyer handyman is living in prop in property a and you get property b under contract and you and you and you buy it well they're going to fix property b for you make sure to keep their payments separate so if you can pay them for their work then have them pay you try to keep the paper trail separate make sure that there's a paper trail that keeps things separate the payments you know for the work that he's done versus the payment on the home that he's giving you did that that make sense frank Absolutely, and I and I was okay. I was certainly agree just because it, um, it 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 keeps it puts the it puts the buyer in a different in a different mindset. It doesn't make them feel like well you know I can kind of slide a little bit on on this month's payment or you know it just it keeps them it keeps them in check. It keeps it keeps us in check as a, as the investors. It just keeps everybody everybody's 
um, I's dotted and, and T's crossed, and, I, and, and it keeps a, a very solid system to where we take our business seriously, and they take their their ownership of uh, their you know their their home ownership seriously. And I and I just I I respect you know keeping things separate and keeping things um in in a in a very structured way. And um yeah, no, I I agree I agree with what you're saying for sure, absolutely. I'd like to leave uh, this podcast with uh, something that's going to sound like sort of cryptic or something, but it's there's so many people, and I've, I've mentioned this maybe 10 minutes ago or five minutes ago, but there's so many people, whether it's tenant buyers or renters or uh, handy people or contractors, there's so many people that if it's a fight, like if it's a if it's between your money or their money, they're always going to pick their money. Their money's way more important than yours. So it's like there's so many people that I don't want to say are trying to take advantage of you, but when you know the crap hits the fan, they're going to protect themselves. And sure. yes, that's sort of common, or that maybe that's human nature to some extent. But there's so many people, like you know, having your T's crossed, having your I's dotted, having contracts, getting referrals, uh, having people live up to what they've said, having your eyes totally wide open to any sort of contractor, handyman, tenant buyer, or renter that's a victim. They have a victim mentality. They're blaming other people. They don't show up on time. If you try to ask them for extra stuff, extra criteria, if they're getting snippy at you or mean to you or mad at you or short-tempered, forget that. Cut them out of your life. Or, you know, at least don't do any business with them. So, um, anyway, that was, uh, I, I, I hope that made sense to, you know, you and the folks listening. Um, anything else that you would leave with yourself, maybe, Frank, that you could give yourself advice, you know, back to when first getting started? Like, yeah, if there's anything that you would have told yourself? Um, wow. Um, if I, if I could go all the way back, I, I definitely would have started sooner. I definitely would tell, <laughs> I, t I tell myself to be a little more patient um, and, and knowing that things, things definitely don't happen overnight. You know, I, I, I feel like getting started, you know, you get excited, you just want to do a deal and it causes, it, it sort of, which is, which is nothing wrong with that. It's normal, you know, but it, it causes you to make, um, unnecessary mistakes which i mean you learn from but you know you can you can save a whole lot more money and you can make a whole lot more money just by being patient and doing things smart and being wise from the beginning and not not being so emotionally attached to just doing a deal because at the end of the day the purpose of doing the deal is to create income and not just to say that you know you're out here doing deals um so that I, I think that's 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 one thing um that i would that i would say that i would say to myself but it, it definitely helps I, and and i'm i'm just going to put this out there it helps when you have a good teacher for sure um <laughs> and i'm and i'm definitely grateful um you know for everything that you've done you've done everything that you said you were going to do you continuously do everything that you say you're going to do and i appreciate your kindness your um ability to be very personable as well as your patience, um, you know, with new people and, you know, people who are just developing over overall as, as individuals and have to have different, different learning curves or, you know, different paces that they're working at. So definitely, definitely want to, want to put that thank you out there to you, John, for sure. Oh, you're super welcome. I mean, that's, uh, thank you very much for saying that. The, 
the the road i mean anyone that does that that does this business in my opinion you change i mean you are not the same person and this road you know the, with the training or you know us working together the the road is laid out or you know it's there and i'm always here for you but you have to take it i mean making a name for yourself building up something from practically nothing um this takes a lot of work so the kudos is i mean i can do as much as i can you know via phone and helping you and but the kudos goes to you and the credit goes to you. So keep it up. I'm going to be here um, for you and let's just keep, you know, moving forward. Thank you for everything that you've, you know, commented and said and done and just hopping on this, this um, podcast with us. Because again, this is a really uh, benefit that if you're not taking advantage of it as a mobile home investor already, um, start doing that because it's yeah you're just it's so much easier it's such a, like a yeah it's like a weight off your shoulder because you trust them you know where they live like you know their family you know the kids and uh you know you can even pay them more like you did an extra like i i'm much more likely to give a bonus thank you you know for for doing a great job to my tenant buyer right. than i will to i guess maybe that's kind of messed up but anyway um so Thank you very much, Frank, for coming on this podcast. I'd love to have you on one in the future uh, where we're talking about something else. But thank, thank, thank you again. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Anytime, John. And, and, you know, as always, thank you as well. The ideas and advice given in today's episode are for entertainment purposes only. If you have future ideas or questions for upcoming episodes, please email us at support at mobilehomeinvesting.net. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, the biggest compliment you can give is to like and share this podcast with your friends. 